on today's show. The Houston Rockets absolutely dominating the Denver Nuggets, beating them for the second time this season. And in true coming-of-age fashion, the three best players on the court for the Rockets were Jalen Green, Alperin Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr. The Rockets now have the number one defense in the entire NBA. We're going to break it all down coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, Mike, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tarisen. Here comes Tarisen. Oh! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Be sure to check out Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for being an everydayer. Thank you for making the show part of your day every single day. Joining us now to break down the Houston Rockets 105-86 bludgeoning of the Denver Nuggets is none other than your weekly co-host, NBA draft enthusiast, Madison Moore. You can track that on Twitter at MadmanLeaks. Madison, not once, twice, the Rockets have beaten the Nuggets so far in the early going of the season. Now, look, I know, and we got to put the caveat here at the top, Jamal Murray wasn't playing, right? So you got you to gotta include that right from the jump, but... This is still a really good Nuggets team. And this wasn't just a, a scrape by, you know, barely got by the Nuggets kind of win. This was a, the Rockets were the the dominant team for all four quarters of this game. I mean, maybe the, maybe the Nuggets made a bit of a push there in the third, but it really felt like the Rockets won this one the whole way through. Yeah, no, wire to wire victory against the Denver, the the defending champion Denver Nuggets. I don't care what anybody says. Jamal Murray is a big part of that team, but uh, that team, but that team is ten and six without Jamal Murray. Ten and six, right? And so, well, he probably played a couple of their other games. But my point is, this is a good team with championship pedigree, and the Rockets. Um, not only did they defeat them, they they did it in a dominating fashion with defense ruling of of course again with them only being able to score what 86 points uh tonight and I, there was a season there was the nuggets season low for points i believe yes i mean my god are we in the 80s like how, how are the rockets holding teams below 100 points every night and what does that get us? What the number one defense? <laughs> like as you saw, you, you told me before. I thought we were still at number four, but the number one defense in the NBA, and I think the proof is in the pudding. I just, I really can't believe in today's NBA, focusing on scoring 
how the Rockets are able to hold teams under 100 points. That is so impressive to me. That is so that's such an impressive feat. And we're coming up on 20 games where these stats become real, and you know, statistically, statistically big, big, big enough of a sample size. Yeah, right? where big enough like, of a you know, exactly. It's not. It's not a fluke. It's it's legitimate. Like there's exactly. enough proof where you're like, hey, this this is who this team is at exactly. this point. Where you know, I, I look. Huge credit to the Rockets coaching staff, right? Ime Udoka has consistently identified and made a jump, whether it's, okay, Team X comes out and has a big, you know, big jump in the first quarter or whatever, like the Pelicans with Zion, and then the adjustment, Mm -hmm. right? And suddenly loading up on him, guarding him differently for the next three quarters, limiting him, right? In this game, they did what I, I basically their same game plan from the first time they played the Nuggets. Mm -hmm. They want to make Jokic beat them. That is Mm -hmm. the game plan, and it worked Flawlessly. You look individually at Jokic's stat line, and it's kind of jaw-dropping, right? He had 38 points, 19 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, 14 of 31 shooting, and 42 minutes played. But then you look at everybody else on the roster, and you're like, oh, that's how they won. Aaron Gordon held to 0 of 12 shooting. Didn't hit a single shot from the floor in this game. Just two points for arguably... What, their second best player, maybe? Third best player without Jamal Murray in the lineup? Mm -hmm. Holding Reggie Jackson to one of seven. KCP was just seven of 15. Like, they really didn't. MPJ, six of 14. They basically said, you know what? All right, Jokic, you beat us one on Mm -hmm. five, right? And that's fine. And credit to Alperin Shingun, who has to guard Jokic in single coverage. And that is a task. Like, at the end of the night, man... Alpi's doing his post-game interview. The dude looked like he had just come home from war. Like, he was so beat up. And even though the Rockets won and it was like a big win and it felt good, like, Alpi looked exhausted after that game, man. Yeah, man. 15 rebounds, man. Big, big rebounding game. And that was what I felt was most impressive about Alpi's game uh, uh, against Denver Nuggets. For me, Alpi has been a good rebounder, not a great rebounder. And him having a performance like that on on the boards um almost kind of matching Jokic's um influence on the on the rebounding boards was actually very impressive and very important for his development i know we we kind of think of Alperin Shingun as this staple 28 and 6 guy now he we we we, we um have come accustomed to his consistency. But now I'm starting to look forward with the next steps for Alperin Shingun. Yes, he's an all-star level player right now, but what is a uh, superstar Shingun looks like? And it comes with big rebounding games, performances like he had tonight. Uh, very proud of Alperin Shingun's performance again and his consistency in the lineup. In the lineup. And, you know, just th- this whole defensive identity that the Rockets have really adopted, obviously it starts at the top with Ime Odoka. That's his mentality. That's his identity for this team. But then just up and down the lineup, right? You know, you've got the the veterans, obviously, and Fred and, and Dylan mm-hmm. and what they provide. But I really feel like the the young trio of Jalen, Alperin Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr. have really started. You're starting to see them fully buy in to that identity, understanding, hey, if we do these little things – yeah, the offense is going to come and go, right? We're going to have games where Jalen's going to look unguardable, where uh, Alperin Shingun is going to be dominant, where Jabari's going to get hot. There's going to be games where the offense is flowing, right? Where shots are falling. But this team is starting to really identify and understand, hey, we are a defensive team, right? We are the number one defense in the NBA, and they're 
acting like it, right? The, this team goes in there and makes other teams do stuff that they don't want to do. They, mm-hmm. they make other teams play ways that they don't want to play. This is not how the Nuggets want to play. Mm-hmm. They do not want Jokic to go out there and have to post up for 40-plus minutes a night and play one-on-one with his back to the basket because that's, A, it's an exhausting way to play. Jokic was just straight-up gassed by the end of the game because mm-hmm. he can go one-on-one against Alp all game long, but that kind of like you know, battling in the paint, back to the basket. Like, that's an exhausting way to play. Jokic has been on the record before talking about he's much happier with a stat line where he gets, you know, like 20 Mm -hmm. points, 15 assists, and 12 boards in like 25 minutes of run rather than these monstrous stat lines, which look amazing, but they don't exactly translate to wins for the Nuggets because it takes them out of what they want to do. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's honestly a testament to the game plan and the coaching staff, like you said earlier. But also we have to give the flowers to the players showing their ability to execute a game plan. Um, Emma Yudoka kind of spoke about in his press conference about the first time we played the Denver Nuggets. They really got us with the backdoor cuts early in the first half and they cleaned that up in the second half. And we saw absolutely almost none of that in this game. And that make kind of made the difference for the wire to wire victory. It's not only us to identify a good game plan, but for these players to understand what it means to execute it, that is playoff level basketball. You know what I mean? And so for, and for these young Rockets to, uh, especially our core three to be a part of a number one defense right now in the NBA is extremely encouraging for the future of our young guys. They are a part of this number one defense and they are a strong part of this, especially Alperen Shingun, who we know that was one of his biggest weaknesses. And now we can kind of check that off. Alperen Shingun looks like he, he will be able, at least in the regular season, be able to anchor a top 10 defense. And that's all you can ask with a guy that has that type of offensive talent. Coming up, we are going to shift gears here and focus in a little bit further on the Rockets' young trio, uh, up-and-coming guy. I mean, these guys, this was, this was like a coming-of-age moment for them, for Jalen Green, Alperin Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr., because they were the ones who closed out the Denver Nuggets in this game. They didn't need any hand-holding from their veterans. They closed this game out. We're going to talk about that coming up in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. It's so simple. You can make your picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. PrizePix has quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, which is what makes PrizePix the number one DFS app on the market. And with basketball season now here, you can do combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can do LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey in a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus reception. So if you've been thinking about getting into daily fantasy sports, you gotta give prize picks a chance. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA or promo code LockedOnNBA for a pro, for a deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, Madison, what made this win, I think, feel 
so special to me and to, to so many Rockets fans is because this win wasn't, uh, oh, hey, Fred Van Vliet took over the game later. Oh, my God, Dylan Brooks had a massive, you know, 20-plus point night where he drilled a bunch of threes and, you know, kind of the veterans, in a way, kind of hand-holding the young guys, where even in a lot of the Rockets' wins this season, you know, we've had wins where Jalen Green doesn't show up or where maybe Alperin Shagun has a bit of an off night or Jabari's just, you know, uh, I don't want to say a non-factor, but just, you know, he's doing his thing, but kind of a, a bit more under the radar, so to speak. This was a game where very clearly the three best players on the team, on the court for the Houston Rockets, were in whatever order you want to put them, Jalen Green, Alperin Shingoon, and Jabari mm -hmm. Smith Jr. And what was really special is I think you could make an argument that out of all those three, any one of them was the best player from this game. So when I when I tweeted out, when I did the post game, you know, you're locked on Rockets player of the game. I couldn't decide on one guy. So I actually picked, I, I did a dual one. I gave co-locked on Rockets player of the games to Jalen Green and Alperin Shingoon. Mm -hmm. I'm going to retroactively go back and I'm going to add Jabari to that as well. I'm going to make it a triple thing. However, there wasn't a picture of all three of them wearing the new city Dunkstronaut jerseys. So I had to just go with two of them. Uh, and even Alperin Shingoon, who I didn't notice it until the morning after, uh, replied to the post on Twitter saying he likes the, he likes the Jalen Shingoon. Um, so that was incredibly wholesome. I'd, I'd clocked out for the night. I was done for. I had a bunch of stuff to get to. But um, this, like, let's start. Let's just start with Jalen Green because mm -hmm. he had a solid game, 25 points, 10 of 18 shooting, was 3 of 8 from the three-point line. And I think we're starting to see him kind of settle into a better offensive approach at least, you know, we know that he spent time with Emi Odoka one-on-one looking at different offensive opportunities. I really liked his approach in this game specifically and also his activity on the defensive side. He had three steals in this one and a lot of deflections. Yeah, man. Uh, Jalen Green had a really, really good solid game. I believe Jalen Green would... Jalen Green has been showing improvement is one, his aggressiveness. He's been more aggressive, more willing to make plays, not just score, look for his own shot, but make plays. And the, the growth in his decision making is really glaring and it's starting to kind of build up on it on each other. And this is a theme for all our young guys, especially Jalen and Jabari is you're starting to see them get more comfortable in the system, understand their spots, understand what this team needs from them to win, and then go out and execute that now. You, you we've It's kind of been a slow burn for Jalen and Jabari for them to get – Alperin kind of cerebrally already was there mentally and, and, and knew what he had to do and came out and executed it uh, uh, immediately. But now we're starting to see Jalen and Jabari catch up. And what we're looking at is the manifestation of the X-Factors – that we talked about with uh with Salmon um uh at the beginning of the season. This is what it's gonna take for the this Rockets team to be a contender. We're gonna need all-star performances from Operation Goon, Jalen Green, and Jabari. But Jalen in particular, I'm really uh a proud of his uh decision making, his attention to uh detail on defense, and more importantly, getting easy buckets about getting out and running the court hard running the court hard, getting easy buckets in transition, and also cutting. He had a lot of easy plays where he just gets good looks at the rim, that and one on KCP from the back cut. We had some, some plays where he just got out running on steals and got easy buckets, alley hoops at the rim. And for a guy that is so rhythm-oriented, 
Easy buckets are so important for Jalen to get going. And the more and more easy buckets and uh, better he gets at finishing at the rim, the more consistent games we'll have offensively from Jalen. And so I was really proud of how he got his buckets tonight because I thought it was very uh, a very much an all-around game from him. And, you know, shout out. We, we finally saw, after seeing it in preseason and then not seeing it for the entire season, <laughs> we finally saw a Fred Van Vliet to Jalen yeah. Green lob. I swear, man, like, I, first off, I know that the number of lob plays that we see is going to skyrocket once we get Amin Thompson back, but it's just because that's his play style, right? He's a one-man fast break, and between Amin Thompson and Jalen Green, those two guys running in transition, somebody's going to have the ball, and somebody's going to be filling the filling the lane, looking to cut and get into the rim and jump up and, and finish an incredible lob play, the level of athleticism between those two guys. But seeing Fred and Jalen finally connect on the lob, that moment, like, Toyota Center basically exploded on that yeah. moment, Madison. It was, it was great stuff to see. Elsewhere in the middle for the Rockets, because Jalen has been phenomenal, and this is kind of a, a, you know, it's a perfect segue into talking about Alper and Shingun, because it does feel like the Rockets offensively have now made it more of a point to let Jalen run some of the offense, even Mm -hmm. when Fred is out there, right? I think they Mm -hmm. went maybe a little bit too hard too quickly Mm -hmm. into finding kind of a, I don't know, you're like fail safe offensively, right? Which was just, Mm -hmm. hey, Fred and Fred and Shingun works. It works really well. That's what we're going to spam, right? We're going to spam a lot of two-man action between Fred Van Vliet and Alper and Shingun. And unfortunately, I think that left Jalen out to dry a little bit because he wasn't really in rhythm with the starters. He was just, you know, getting a lot. He was getting a lot of catch and shoot opportunities, but not many on-ball reps. And we know from last year and from their first two years together, Jalen and LP have a really good chemistry together. He can run that pick and roll. He's also learned how to hit that little pocket pass to Alper and Shingun. We next step in Jalen's development is learning how to hit the skip pass across the court to the to the open corner. Fred is capable and adept at doing all of that. But these reps are really important for Jalen because I think a it helps him get and stay in rhythm and then b it also gives fred some easy opportunities where he can be a play finisher instead of a play starter which is exactly what we saw in this game yeah no totally agree i mean the amount of on ball reps jalen has gotten has kind of has been um uh a pleasant, not pleasant surprise, but it's been pleasant to see. And that's a part of Jalen Green being more aggressive, going and getting the ball and initiating more offense. And I'm glad Emma Yadoka kind of recognized and kind of pulled Jalen to the side and told him, hey, we need you to be more of this type of guy. Because, you know, when Emma came in with his strict mindset, I know some of the players may have been taken aback and didn't want to step on any toes. They kind of want to, and especially with Jalen's reputation as a sh- uh, shot chucker, which is not true. He kind of might, may have wanted to prove that, hey, I'll do what's right for the team. And now that Emma Udoka seems has to brought him in and say, hey, what's right for the team is for you to also initiate and shoot and make plays for this team. So it's good to see. Yeah, and, and again, a big part of that is just connecting with Alper and Shingun and, and right. seeing the way that, and you know, Alpi's been the consistent focal point for the Rockets this season and seeing him have yet another game where after a couple games there in a row where it looked like he maybe was struggling a little bit, I don't know if the lower back issue was, was kind of bogging him down a little bit, didn't have a great game against the Grizzlies, but hey, it's totally fine. Like if I said it during the recap pod for that game, if anybody's allowed to have an off night for this team, it's yeah. Alper and Shingun because he has been the, the most consistent piece uh, for this Houston Rockets team this season. And he had a monster game in his own right. Not quite the numbers that Nikola Jokic put up, 
but 21 points on 8 of 19 shooting, had 15 rebounds, had 8 dimes, 2 steals, and a block. Now, he did have some turnovers in there, some, you know, a couple offensive fouls, some some weird, mm-hmm. some screen things. I, I don't know if it's, there were a couple of those where I'm just like, come on, like, what is this? Like, there was one that he got whistled for where I was like, he wasn't moving on the screen, and I, I don't know if it's because, like, the defender just, like, threw their body or flopped a little mm-hmm. bit, but for LP, you know, I think a big thing for him is he is learning. Now, he's still able to have the offensive production, but like we talked about in segment one when we were highlighting the defenses, he now understands that he can really impact the game defensively. It doesn't just have to be with his scoring. And in this game, he really, again, he had to deal with Jokic, but he was also rebounding at an incredibly high level. 15 rebounds mm-hmm. is an insane number for any player to have, let alone, like, yeah. so I was really impressed with his performance in this one. Yeah. Uh, like I said, consummate professional, most consistent player on this team in all-star level uh, production. I have moved on to thinking and imagining what next steps for Alperen Shingun looks like because the the consistent performance that we see tonight tonight with this 20, 10, and, and 6, we see this every night. It's so consistent. But then we see now a 15-rebound out, outburst. Like what? How does Alperen Shingun now, – now we know he can uh, ho- hold down a defense. So what does superstar Alperen Shingun looks like? This guy is the youngest – one of the youngest players on this team, um, and he's already at an all-star level. These types of guys – have another leap in them. And so what does that look like? And it starts with the boards, right? So if Operation Shingun can consistently get up over 11 boards a game, right? Have uh, consistently have 15, 20 rebound games mixed in throughout the season, the same way uh, uh, Jokic has. And also the jump shot he's been adding. He started with the Dirk Nowitzki fade. He hit, he kind of dotted them up with a couple of those early in the game. And it completely opened up his drive throughout the game, really, really uh, bothering Jokic. Every time Jokic had to respond to a pump fake, he uh, Shingun went right by him at the rim. That is the next steps for him. He's uh, He seems to have added the mid-range, and once he adds the three, I think we'll start to see the superstar Alperin Shingun and the top notch of his potential. And so that's what I'm really excited to see. I've, I've moved on. He's He's an all-star player. This is this is the a Rockets focal point. But how do we get to superstar level with uh Alperin Shingun? And I think it's adding that jump shot and becoming a better rebounder because defensively he's been amazing. He just has to keep that up. And it, it feels like nitpicking at this point, but you're right. Like it, when, when you have a player who is, is playing as great as he is, you start having to look at, okay, where are the little fringe areas in their game that mm-hmm. they can improve? What can so they then, improve? Yeah, take that next mm-hmm. that next step, that next leap. And it really does, it's going to have to be his outside shooting. It, he's got the mm-hmm. little midi down, the little... Um, <laughs> Craig Ackerman calls it the flamingo, which I I, I look I love Craig, but we got to eighty six that one, man. Like you cannot be calling Alpi's like signature jump shot the flamingo. I, I do, it. you know. Shout out to good friend of the program, Roosh Williams, who a long time ago coined uh, Turk Nowitzki, which I think is an incredible uh, nickname, or if you want to call that move the Turk Nowitzki, whatever. Love that one. Uh, so you know, but we got to come up with something better than the flamingo for the one legged shot that he has. <laughs> but for me. And, and this is kind of a two-part thing is one, I do think he's still dealing with some of the, you know, breaking the habit of, of the Steven Silas era of coaching, kind of telling him, don't take those threes, don't take those looks. Mm-hmm. There's some indecision in his game at times, right? Where he's, he catches the ball on the perimeter behind the three-point line and he does that pump fake for the three, right? I'd much rather 
just see LP take all of those threes with full confidence and just let it fly. Even if he goes 0-4, 0-5, every game, whatever, he needs to take those take those shots within the flow of the offense because when he doesn't take those shots, we see what happens. It bogs down the, D, the offense a little bit. Things get disjointed. The spacing will get messed up on a play sometimes. Now, if the defense does actually start closing out on him on those threes because he's willing to take them, mm-hmm. then, like you pointed out, right, it does start to open things up where if Jokic has to close out on him at the three-point line, then it does open up the driving game, and that opens up a driving kick. It opens up his ability to score mm-hmm. at the rim, all those different things. But he has to become less indecisive with that outside shot. And again, a lot of that is him just working past what the previous coaching mm-hmm. staff had to say about that look. But it does feel like we're kind of nitpicking with Al P because he has mm-hmm. been incredible to start the season. Like you've said a couple times, all-star yeah. production from uh, the young Turk Nowitzki, if you will. Coming up. Oh, wait, oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I just want to say, I, I am not, I hope I, it didn't come off as nitpicking because I am not nitpicking at all. I, this is what I see as uh, Alperen Shingun's ceiling now that he's, that he's made to me a more consistent leap in his defense. It's like these small areas that we can really get a, a superstar player out of Alperen Shingun. That player is in there and it just comes with adding those shots. And I, I really just want to say, I, uh, it's more of a praise to Alperin and his in his improvement that I think he's so close to becoming that by just adding a jump shot to his game. Okay, all right, we got we got that yeah. we got that squared away. We got that cleaned up. Can I go to the segue now, Madison? Is yes, okay? you can. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, just had to can. say it. I had to let people know. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Coming up, we got to talk about the the third member of this trio, Jabari Smith Jr. His play in this game, arguably, uh, you know, huge, one of the biggest impacts in this game defensively, also having a monster night on the boards. Plus, we'll talk about the NBA in-season tournament play. The Houston Rockets hold their destiny in their own two hands. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins, and all you have to do is wager $5. It's that easy. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Right now, you can take a look at the outright betting favorites for Super Bowl 58. You got the San Francisco 49ers leading the way at plus 430. Tied up in second place, you got the Eagles and the Chiefs both at plus 440. The Miami Dolphins at plus 800. The Ravens at plus 900. And just on the outside looking in, you got the Dallas Cowboys at plus 1,000. So for all those odds and so much more, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started this NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, Madison, the third in this trio here for the young Houston Rockets, we got Jalen, we got Shingoon, talked about them, talked about their impressive nights against the Denver Nuggets and how they were kind of in charge of closing this game out. But the other guy who was an important factor in this game, and you could have made the argument that he was, you know, one of the best players on the floor for the Rockets or the best player on the floor for the Rockets was Jabari Smith Jr. You look at his impact in this game. First off, you look at his impact over the last probably four or five games, and I think he's arguably been the best or second best defender over these, like maybe even better than Dylan Brooks situationally in some of these last few games, just because He's really stepped up to the plate to where he's guarding guys one through four, even some fives occasionally. And he's starting to settle into his own offensively, even so even so much so to a point where you're seeing 
Ime Udoka start calling some sets and some plays for him where if defenses are going to try to disrespect him by guarding him with a smaller player, then Mm -hmm. you're seeing Ime call sets for Jabari where he can get the ball on the block and get to his turnaround fadeaway or where he can face up and kind of that little mid-range sweet spot that we've talked about wanting to see more from him. And now we are seeing more from him, which means... Ime Odoka is a daily listener of Locked on Rockets. That's, that's, that's the important takeaway, and that's what should right. be a takeaway from this. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I think Jabari has really come on strong. I talked about a little bit earlier about Jalen and uh, and Jabari and how they needed to they, – they had a slow start, but now they're starting to really catch on. And one of the things we were talking about defensively, this is something we talked about early in the X-Factors with Ali Khan. Uh, that there are some X factors that we need Jabari to be the ultimate release valve, as well as uh, the excellent defender that he's projected to be. And uh, against the Denver Nuggets, we've seen him be more versatile defensively, more physical. I talked about the toughness that Jabari needed to display defensively. And I think last time they played the Denver Nuggets is when Jabari got benched. And, um, And Jeff Green was out there. And his defensive physicality, to me, stood out um, against the Denver Nuggets in in ways that I think Jabari was not so physical and not so, I guess I would say, sense of urgency uh, with the tenseness and sticking to his defender. Um, tough. Um, and for Jabari, I think he really is starting to learn those lessons because, because I do think he has the ability to do those things. And it's nice to see him um, actually showing that now. And the ultimate release valve. I mean, I think he was six of nine tonight uh, I mean, uh, against the Denver Denver Nuggets, and he nice. was really efficient. Anyway. Nice. Nice way. Did I say nice? He was six of nine. Yeah, all right. That's nice. Yeah, that, yeah that's nice. Okay, well, I know. You Come on, me. you get the joke. <laughs> you you got to know the joke, man. Come on, you listen to no, the show, I too. don't know. Six of nine, nice. I, I don't know the joke. My brother in Christ, do you really not know this joke? I, I might not. 69? Like I'm in there it is. Now he gets it. Okay. Bro. <laughs> Come on, nice. <laughs> oh, my oh my god. Leave it to Jackson. All right. <laughs> that's been that's been a joke on this show since Ben was the host, man. I just kept the tradition going. Oh my god. I must I must have missed that and I'm an avid listener. <laughs> so I, oh okay. God. Keep going. But anyway, I, I say all that to say is Jabari's doing the things we need. <laughs> him to do to win games man i mean he, he shot he shot it from three very well um and he he's become an efficient uh player and he's taken another step in his development into a winning player so it's really encouraging to see and i, I want to give credit to this Rockets team for i think one of the biggest areas that we've seen them have some issues with this season is closing quarters strong you've brought up this point before and it really felt like to kind of put an exclamation point on the beginning frame of this game. They closed out that first quarter incredibly strong. Now, a big part of that is, okay, Jokic hits the bench. Then, you know, how do you take advantage of the Nuggets when Jokic isn't out there? So first off, the Rockets did exactly that in this game. Only 10 points off the Denver Nuggets bench in this game. Three points for uh, Justin Holiday. So we did have the little Holiday matchup there, Holiday <laughs> versus Holiday. And then uh, Christian Brown had seven points. But... The Rockets, it was 21 to 19 near the tail end of this first quarter. And then over the next three minutes, the Rockets proceeded to pour on eight straight points to finish the first quarter and holding the Nuggets scoreless over that final frame or those final few minutes, 21, 29 to 19 
at the end of the first quarter. So getting off to a strong start, closing out that first quarter strong, I think that's a, you know a good sign for this team moving forward because they've had some problems at the end of quarters closing things out strong. But just you know on the Jabari front, man, you know his him and Jalen, we know now that Shingun is going to be consistent, right? Those are the swing factors for this Rockets team, mm-hmm. and and I don't think anybody has these. Mm-hmm. It, maybe anybody but me, because I still think he could you know be the best player on a team one day. But that like to me, when you see Jabari hit some of the shots that he hit in this game against the Nuggets, when you see him impacting the 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 game the way that he can defensively, and you envision a world where he's like you know, a cool 20 points on good efficiency with like 10 to 12 mm-hmm. rebounds and, you know, all NBA caliber defense. You're like, yeah, that could very conceivably be the best guy on a championship contender one day, or at least one of the, th- one of the two or three best guys for sure. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of a swing factor for this team. So is Jalen and seeing all three of those guys come together and be able to close out the nuggets where they were very clearly the three best players on the court was a really gratifying experience, especially if you're anybody like like me or like yourself, Madison, somebody who has watched every single game of this Rockets, you know, going mm-hmm. through their rebuild to where we are now to see how these guys have grown and gotten better and to see them actually get to play meaningful winning basketball games against good, high-quality opponents, to be in the position that they're in now, 2-1 and one in the in-season tournament play, it's it's really gratifying to kind of see this all come together. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm proud of these young Rockets. They have gone through a lot of adversity, a lot of different changes. And to me, they're starting to show the strides that we all uh, saw the potential of them becoming. And we still have to be patient with them because they're still very, very young, right? And that's some of the things that we're going through with the ups and downs in their play. But they're learning and they're growing in a substantial way. And that's really the, all we can ask. Now, I will say, as we're trying to navigate this this newfound NBA in-season tournament, a quick update here. Uh, after this game, and currently where the standings are at for the Houston Rockets, uh, they hold their own destiny in their hands because right now the Pelicans are leading. They're, they're in West Group B is the, is the group. The Pelicans are leading the way. They're 3-1, and one, so the Pelicans are a lock. They are in to the, the, the tournament play. Uh, the Rockets are at two and one. The Nuggets are two and two, both losses courtesy, or sorry, one of the losses courtesy of the Houston Rockets. That's right. They The other game that they played against the Nuggets was not an in-season mm-hmm. tournament game. Uh, Mavericks are currently one and two, and the Clippers are one and three. So I do believe that the next and final game of the West Group B in-season tournament is Rockets-Mavericks Tuesday night in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So depending on the outcome of that game will determine whether the Rockets or the Nuggets or the Mavericks, I guess, go to Las Vegas because it's two teams from each group stage that make it in, I believe. And if the Rockets win against the Mavericks on Tuesday, they're in. They're just, they're in the tournament. They're good. If they lose, it goes to the point differential issue, which is why point differential matters so much for these in-season tournament games. As long as the Rockets don't get absolutely blown out by the Mavericks on Tuesday night, I think they're still in because right now they have a plus 16-point differential. Um, So as long as that number doesn't completely crater, the Nuggets' point differential is minus 10. So as long as the Rockets do not have worse than a minus 10-point differential or I guess the Mavericks' point differential matters at that point too, because then the Mavericks would be two and two. God, Madison, this is so confusing, man. I'm trying to keep it's all. Hard. I'm it's trying to hard. keep track. You know what? It would just be so much easier for all of us involved if the Rockets just beat the Mavericks, because then we just know that they're guaranteed that's, in the tournament. That's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. And I don't know. Has the news come out about Luca yet? 
Oh, like, that's right. Yeah, Luca, Luca might not be available for that yeah, game. Yeah, here Luca broke that finger. I don't know if it's official yet, but it seems like the first game he probably is going to sit out, right? And yeah. you know what? It this Rockets team has has faced a lot of teams, and they look they've they've gotten some injury luck on their side, right? They've they've not been without their own injuries, but at the same time, it's part of the game. You play who's in front of you. It's going to be a, a you know interesting battle if they do have to play against Luca and Kyrie because you can try to shut down one of those guys. It's really tough to load up and shut down. Or or sorry, I apologize. You could actually do the same strat that you did against the Nuggets if there's only one of those guys on the floor, right? You can tell Jokic, hey, go get forty. We're going to shut everybody else down. It's a lot harder when you've got two star players that you have to shut down. So if Luca and Kyrie are both playing that game, then it'll be interesting to see how the Rockets try to you know, adjust their defensive approach, which one of those star players they want to load up on, which one of them they let try to cook or go off. Do you let both of them, you know, get theirs? Uh, Ime, we know, is a guy that has adjusted accordingly. So even if the first quarter looks rough in that game against the Mavericks, expect adjustments over the course of that game. But that's going to be a big one if if Luka plays or if he doesn't play to uh, decide the... Uh, not the rest of the knockout stage for the group tournament or the in-season tournament, I should say. But Madison, any final thoughts from this one before we wrap this one up? No, I mean, just I think the Rockets uh, should pull out the, the Dallas Maverick game, whether Luka's there or not, that that defense is just so very good, even though the Mavericks is, have been um, have been very good. And I hope Luka plays. I really do. I really hope Luka plays. I want to see how good these ro- young Rockets are. And can you remind me, is this this is a away game, right? Yeah, on the road in Dallas, which I'll be there for the game in Dallas. So that should okay, be a fun great. one. Yeah, and, and, and finally and lastly, um, I'd like to see Jalen Gr- Green perform well on the road. He's been really good on, uh, at home. We know historically, but I think the next step also for him is starting to perform on the road as well. And uh, honestly, for the whole team to perform on the road, they are still winless on the road so far this season. So oh, that's crazy. Uh, even though the Rockets have had a strong start to their year, they have yet to pick up a win on the road. So maybe their first win will be against the Dallas Mavericks. Of course, we'll have you covered for a recap from that game and all the other ones down the line. Madison, you know the drill. Let everybody know where to track you down at. Yeah, you can go ahead and uh, find me on Twitter or X at, at ManManLeaks. Come talk Rockets with me. But that's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. 